WEEI Studios, 93.7, WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. David Pasternak must score. The Bruins finish with a shootout loss. Another blown third period lead. That's what it sounded like on Nesson last night as the Bruins lose again. It's time in a shootout to the Seattle Kraken. Wrapping up their Western road trip. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, WEEI. I got good news and bad news for you as it relates to the Bruins. Give me the good news. Good news is in the playoffs, there are no three-on-three overtimes. There are no shootouts. Okay. The bad news, you could still blow a two-goal lead. Right. <laughs> you could still be up in seemingly all of these games and then fall apart and then, you know, go to overtime. And then at that point, who the hell knows? Yeah. It's kind of a coin toss what's going to happen there. Like that but- extra hockey. Free hockey, everybody. They've had free hockey for six straight games. What's the record for going to overtime every single night? That seems crazy. Oh, off the to top me. of my head, I think it's nine, actually. You knew that? No, how the F would I know that? Stiz shook his head. Stiz was like, yeah. <laughs> Put that in Stiz with quiz, or the quiz with Stiz coming up. Yeah, uh, Google later. it and then just go with whatever comes up, whether it's but true or not. <laughs> they've been a mess, though. Like, yeah. they, they Three, are. Three, two, and five in their last 10. They are falling apart. That's not good. No, they're still in first place in the division somehow, some way. They oh. built up such a big lead. Yeah. But they are a mess, and it's – and I am being serious about the sh- – like, they're bad at shootouts. You don't have to worry about the shootouts. However, they're up 3-1, and you're like, mm, this one's not over. Like, it should be over. It should – not all the time, but, you know, I mean, like, the, the amount of uh, leads that they have blown What kind of lead staggering. did you say? It's like three – two goal leads. <laughs> Most dangerous lead in hockey. I know you let you let proving that true. You let your foot off the gas, I guess, for just a, a minute. Next thing you know, you're in a tie ball game. So, so. do you have an explanation? I don't. It, it's happened. <laughs> I don't it's, it's happened with Swayman. It's happened with Allmark. Yeah. Jim Montgomery is changing up lines left and right, changing up players they're putting in there. I don't know. I think. I mean, if they're they, not that good, if they knew, maybe would they would fix it. That could very well be it. And we've talked a little bit about this, just sort of. The idea that they're not that good, and maybe it's yeah. catching up to them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they're not bad. I don't want to say they're no. a bad team. No, no, no. But that's what a, a middle-of-the-road team would do. Like, they would be yeah. good, lose leads, blow leads, come back. Like, everything's on the table because they can't finish. No. Um, but I, I still am not um, overly concerned. Well, is that only because your your expectations weren't that high? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think they're a Stanley Cup champion. No, but when you're in first place for so long, you're so, you're like, shouldn't they be? Like, shouldn't they be? Now, I'm I was so burned from last year that I did. I also didn't get my hopes up. Yeah, but you're like, well, I guess well, why not them? Because they they were outperforming all expectations for the longest time, and even now with this little bump in the road, they still have a two point lead over Florida in the Atlantic. A little misleading. Florida's played two less games. They have a one-point lead over the Rangers for the most points in the Eastern Conference, and they're tied with Vancouver for the most points in hockey. And their numbers are good. 
Like, yeah. Yeah. goal differential. Or, yeah. you know, we talked earlier, you know, home road splits. Now yeah, They're good everywhere. So are we uh, nitpicking? Because I would say the hopes didn't get too high. Hopes shouldn't get too low. Mm-hmm. Like, find that middle ground, just like the team may be finding the middle ground of, do I expect you to win a series? Absolutely. Yeah, they got to win a series, but then again, do I expect you to go to the finals? <laughs> no, no. So somewhere in between, yeah, exiting early mm-hmm. and going all the way is the happy medium for this this squad for Jim Montgomery. Yeah, right. You can't you can't get bounced in the first round again. But also, uh, a week from Friday is the trade deadline, and what is Don Sweeney going to do? What can Venus. he do? They're... See yourself out. So isn't that it? Yeah, that's the obvious one. They should have done it before. You could have gotten more for him before, but you got to wonder if there's still something you can get for him now, because that's the only way to really free up any kind of meaningful money. They don't have any draft picks to trade. They've traded all of them away. Right. They're right up against the cap in a league where that actually does matter. So I would think Linus. I think. Matt Grizzlick and I think Jake DeBrusque are three possible trade candidates. That's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, Linus is the one that I would be most. Yeah. I, I told you I have the fear you trade him and then Swayman's hurt. <laughs> now we're like, what? Up bleeps, bleeps Creek without a paddle. But yeah, but you give yourself a better chance. If you have a, let's, whether they use all $5 million on, you know, a center or a defenseman or they split that up a little bit, whatever. If you go into a playoff series, you have one of your highest paid guys on the bench the whole time. Absolutely. It's not ideal. And that would be my argument yeah. is that it it's sort of it makes you a better team, obviously. Mm-hmm. Whatever you acquire you feel makes you a better team, but it also solidifies Swayman. This is your job. Mm-hmm. This is this is your team. This is your cup run. This is your opportunity to take your He might be sad though, because res- he likes to do the hug. Well, give him somebody to hug. He'll hug somebody else. There'll be right? somebody else to hug. You can hug the other backup. Right, that's a good idea. Yeah. Hell, the guy that sings the national anthem, the chubby guy, he can come out. And hug him him. Him. Why do you have to? Why do you have to call him a chubby that's guy? That's my we... buddy Todd. Well, Todd can hug him. Todd Angeli. That's right. Right. Why did my old PO officer? Is that right? That is a true story. Very good. What's a PO officer? Probation. Probation. <laughs> that's officer. what I thought, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I didn't know. What do you want me to spell it for you? Like, didn't what the hell know. Do you think? Well, you did spell it for me. Now you need to explain yeah. it. No, that's true. It's P and it's an O. Well, he. uh I think we knew who you were talking about when you said... Did we know he was on probation? I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're just going to gloss oh, Do you want to talk that? about it? I mean, I find it no, interesting. I was a delinquent in my younger years. Yeah. Thank God I turned, the, turned it around, and now I've been in radio for a decade, living right. the dream. Well, like that commercial we play. I've That's made right. mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. That's right. right. Don't do drugs, kids. It'll clean you up. You get into radio. You get into drug trouble, huh? I did. Yep. Yes. Damn it. Yep. What do you mean, damn it? It's a bad thing. It is a bad thing. Damn drugs. Yep. It is. Just got in a bad spot. It is. Got to... And wait a minute. The guy who sings the anthem at the garden was your parole officer? Yeah, he used Small to be world. a probation officer in, <laughs> this story uh, Ch- gets in the... Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I kind of lost one for the other when I was just thinking, wait, no. you were on parole. Now we got to get back to. No, not parole. Oh, what did you say? It was probation. Parole. Oh. <laughs> Parole is when you're in prison and then you get out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, like at the end of Shawshank where they hang themselves because they can't take it. Oh, no. Brooksy. No, Brooksy no, with him so long. R.I.P. Brooksy. Yeah, no, Brooksy yeah, had no yeah, chance. He wasn't used to the real world. No. Well, uh, had the issue at the grocery store. It was the whole thing. Yeah, well, he, you're raising his hand to go to the bathroom and the whole thing. Like, dude, you're good. <laughs> just go. You're good. You're an adult. We're, we're 96 fine. years we're old. We're fine. Okay, sorry. Back to the question. Well, you hand. just, I thought it was an unfair description of Todd Angeli. As well, soon as you said the anthem singer, we all know who you're talking about. My my point was yeah, he's a was bigger it? guy. Sure, okay, you'd need to be because oh, a sing? goalie in pads oh. is bigger. 
And I actually think if a normal person just walked out there and hugged Swayman, it would look ridiculous with a big padded up goalie yeah, yeah. hugging a little skinny. What about the mascot? A big, the mascot's okay, kind of hilarious. That would work. The mascot. Some of those commercials they used to do with the, the mascot. The old ones that have been making their way into my Twitter are feed lately. so good. With the guy dating the Montreal uh, yeah. Canadian's girlfriend or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, like, and he's like, she's hot. Yeah, and he pulls the jersey over his head. That's a good commercial. It's hilarious. Very good commercial. And he kind of like lunges out yeah. of it. <laughs> I, it's great. But, yeah, well, the other problem, too, is Linus, best goal in the regular season last year. This year, very pedestrian year. Like yeah. he, he hasn't he hasn't. That's why you missed your great. opportunity to he maximize yeah, the trade did. value. But that would still be, if if you're in any, now, they went all in last year. So that limits the way they can go all in this year. If you are trying to invest in whatever you think the, the maximum this team can be, that would be a question I'd have, like, internally. When yeah. Cam Neely sits down and they're, like, talking, like, Oh. Do we think we can win a round, two rounds? Do we think if all falls right, could we go to the cup? Well, it's weird. If you can go to the cup, if you yeah. think we make this trade, we can go to the cup, then you do it in a heartbeat. Well, because hockey, I feel like, used to be the sport that the consensus was just get in and you can win and, you know, eights beat ones. Yep. Now it's more baseball than it is hockey. It still exists a little bit in hockey. You just saw I mean, it last Panthers, year. Yeah. I was going to say, you just saw it last year. But the Bruins, because of that, are in sort of this weird spot where it's like you might have this great record, but do you still feel really good about the team? And then how much do you want to invest in it? I think you do have to do something, but I don't think it's going to be anything major. So you don't think they're trading Allmark? I don't. Because that's major. That is a major move. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. Maybe Grizzlick, maybe DeBrusque, maybe something that we're not even thinking about, and they add. There'll be plenty of guys moving. Which is fine. You can add guys that, you know, Bertuzzi or those guys that I don't necessarily know them, like household names, and then you're like, huh, I will take the team better. I will take Adam Henrique of the Anaheim Ducks. He is a 33, 34-year-old center. He's like a 20-goal per season, give or take guy. And last year of his contract, you could get him in. I think he would help them out. He'd balance them a little bit. All right, let's go to the phones. We've got J.D. in California. What's going on, J.D.? Hey, guys. I just wanted to give you my Celtics take. Sure. I think it's fool's gold what's going on right now with the Celtics in the East because they're, they're just rolling over teams that are just not very good because the reality is we're going to measure the success this year, whether or not they win. Look at them. I look at some of the teams in the West that have as good a talent as they do, but they have superior coaching. And more importantly, I think the reason why I don't, I'm not a believer in the Celtics this year is their two best players are not clutch guys. They're just not guys that you can trust to make that big shot. And we don't have a coach that you can trust to make that good decision when it comes down to crunch time. We just see too many of these ISO plays with Jason Tatum taking a you know three-point shot when we're only down by one point. And I just don't trust those this, this team to win a championship this year. What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I disagree. I, I think they can. I'm not all that worried about the coaching in the Western Conference as, like, a big deciding factor. Who is he referred to? Like, Mike Malone with the Nuggets, I guess? Ty Lue with the Clippers? Or who is even the T-Wolves? Like, Chris Finch with the T-Wolves? Like, I, I don't think it's Couldn't that. have named him if you'd asked. Yeah, so I think. I, the guns in my head. I think. Uh, Tatum, I think he can hit shots late in games. I, you know, Jalen Brown, maybe not as much. I think when he says it's fool's gold in the East, I disagree. Like the, they are the heavy favorite in my mind in the Eastern Conference. Like they should blow through the Eastern Conference. Sure. And then I think if you get into a series with Denver, all right, that's where it's more of a of a coin toss. But 
No, that's a much more negative take on the season than I certainly have. Well, so you know I have my um, hesitations with Tatum in the postseason. Yeah, yep. Consistency, being the better star in a series. And I like. I think the caller was making it a little more harsh yeah. than I would put it. He's still a developing young player. I know that people get mad when you say that. He's 25 years old, right? Like, he's seven years into the league, but mm-hmm. he's 25 years old. So there's a certain development to his game. Yes, he failed to measure up to Steph Curry. That's yep. just the reality. Yep. The last time they went to the finals. He's not alone in that. <laughs> right. There's no <laughs> yeah. shame yeah, yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the shot the other night? I forgot who he crossed over, and then he's gone to that little um, Sherman Douglas. Talking about Curry? Yeah. Yeah. Crossover, 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 crossover. And then he just, fl- this little floater. This and Oh, it's, I like that one. It's like, it's it looks so like the one pretty. from NBA Jam. Remember yes. the guy that, like, if they couldn't dunk, he would yes. do, like, the long and then, like, flip Generally, up. it's yeah. one of those shots that anybody else on the planet, I'd say, don't do that. But you can do that all you want, yeah, Steph Curry. Curry let, it, let um, it fly. But there is going, until he wins the championship, until yeah. he is by far the best player in a series matchup like that with Jokic or whoever's in the finals, like whatever, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, oh, LeBron, yeah. whoever he has to beat in the finals, there's going to be a question. And I feel a little better about his game this year. I think he's been... A little bit more diverse in his game. Yeah. He's been doing a lot of these, like, I don't even know what you call it, like backdoor cuts, like spins. He loves to fake left, spin back around to the right, take it to the rim, go hard, go Mm -hmm. for the dunk. He is bigger. Like, I continue to think he's stronger and takes it more. So this idea, I do believe that Tatum early in his career was, yeah, we're down one, I'm going to dribble, 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 shoot a three. I don't think he's as much that anymore. I don't think the percentages are as much swayed in that direction. I like where he's going with his game, but until he does it, oh, that's it. it's a legitimate question. I mean, Brian Windhorst is not going to vote for him for MVP because he, he didn't do it title. against Curry two years ago. <laughs> so maybe so next year he can win the MVP. That's a right. the finals this year. But I, I don't. this is a weird world for me where I feel better about Jason Tatum than some others do include. I think that was a Celtics fan. Like, yeah, I think did, it was, I mean, he was like nervous as hell negative about Celtics yeah. tint, but like, that's I, a fool's gold. I think... When we get to the playoffs in the NBA, and if you wanted to rank, you know, who has the most pressure on them, it's Tatum. Yeah. And I don't even think there's like a close second because you have two different groups. You have guys that have won the title, like Jokic and uh, Giannis, and then like lower, like, you know, LeBron, Curry, those guys. And then you have guys that are even younger than Tatum, like Luka and Shea Gildress Alexander. Yep. So nobody's really on that field. You know, and Dame. Oh, that's he a goes to Milwaukee one. and he makes them worse. That's a good one. So yeah, maybe him and you. Maybe it was you all along. Like it's not your surrounding cast. Good one. Portland. I didn't. Even, I even thought about that. Now You're I right. don't think he will in a way, but I think that should be in the conversation. If I were doing like a a rundown for a TV show, who has the most pressure on them entering? Yeah. the NBA? I would put Dame Lillard because you somehow made the Bucks worse. Yeah, good one. Yeah, and he's I still think a top 10, 12 player in the NBA. So so two just, top ten players. Why are you worse? He was better without you. What did you do? I'll tell you why you're worse. Look who's coaching him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you can join us. 617-779-7937. Bruins and Celtics on the table, as is everything Elliot Wolf said today at the Combine. And we'll get Andy Hart's take on uh, the first four episodes of the Dynasty. We haven't done that yet on this show. So if you guys are watching the Dynasty, we'll weigh in on some of the best and worst stuff thus far. But right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right.
right, let's get you caught up with what's trending. Trending brought to you by Lee County Visitors and Convention Bureau. The Bruins ended their West Coast trip with another overtime loss last night in Seattle. They lost to the Kraken 3-4. Bruins have played in 22 overtime periods this season. They've only won eight of those games. Even though the Bruins didn't get the dub, Marshan had another milestone in his career with his assist on Charlie Coyle's tying goal. The captain moved into sole possession of seventh place on the Bruins' all-time list. Bruins back on the ice Thursday night when they'll host Bruce Cassidy in the Golden Knights. Puck drops at 7 p.m. from Causeway Street. The Celtics, they're looking to make it nine straight. They're home hosting the 76ers. Tip-off just about 15 minutes at 7.30. Celtics have a clean injury report for tonight. Meanwhile, Philly... They've been struggling without their reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. They've lost seven of their last ten games entering tonight's game at the Garden. Patriots Director of Scouting, Elliot Wolf, he spoke with the media today at the Combine in Indy. Wolf had some interesting comments. He expressed his desire to keep offensive tackle Mike Onwenu and safety Kyle Duggar as they head towards free agency. And in regards to their quarterback situation and third pick in the draft, Wolf said, quote, like any position, we're going to evaluate their strengths and weaknesses to determine who fits for us. And, quote, at the end of the day, somebody has to make that pick, and that will be myself. Red Sox spring training continued today. Sox finished with a 3-3 tie against the Cardinals. They will play the Nationals tomorrow, first pitch at 105. You can catch that game on WEI 850 AM. Again, trending brought to you by visitfortmyers.com. Red Sox fans, it's time for spring training in Fort Myers. Cheer on your favorite team at JetBlue Park. Then explore the islands, beaches, and neighborhoods in between games. Tickets for spring training, they're on sale right now. Start planning your next vacation at visitfortmyers.com. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Keefe shows coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe show on WEI. course dory looking for nemo she'll get there she'll get there <laughs> the right. hell is this this is post malone listen kind of bring us down a little bit yeah kind of bring us down a little bit i like i all like right. hit you in the face fast 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 slip not next rejoin thank you i mean that was freaking sea animal noises yeah it is sad <laughs> like an animal funeral yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nemo like, just found out his mother's whole, gone. <laughs> gotta bring the whole mood down just a little bit. All right. Yeah, I'll pick just, it up. Just a little bit. You might not be onto something, though. I don't know that we've had ooh, a whale ooh, movie. Ooh, <laughs> right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I feel like Bambi, yeah. but at sea where the whale gets caught up in like oh, a lobster insane. gear or something and dies. Watching these movies now. Oh, yeah, they all die. Every like right out right off the rip, it's like dead family member right. and my daughter looking at me and then like looking back at the screen. I'm like, I don't know. They're gonna keep moving. Keep oh, so then she, movies she, are like life, dear. Somebody dies often. So uh, my four year old watched Mulan, I guess, yesterday for the first time, and I was like, Oh yeah, how was that? And she goes, 
oh, it was really funny. She's like, Mulan punched a guy in the eye. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. All right, all right, very good. All right, so we like that. Uh, I've been watching. You've been watching. We've all been watching. The Dynasty, the 10-part documentary series on Apple TV+. Plus. Four episodes have been released thus far. And now we can talk about it because on Friday when I was talking about it with uh, Arcand in the yeah. afternoon, people are pissy. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to see it. Maybe you guys give us a shot. I know. Well, it's out Thursday night, yeah, and we don't really w- want to see it. Right. We don't wait to, you know, have so you can DVR the games. We're right. talking about the games the next day. If you really wanted to see it, you would have seen it. Yeah. No, Especially you- when you can watch it on your lunch break on your phone. You can do whatever. It's easy. And they're 40 minutes each, whether it's uh, good or bad. Because on the one hand, I would say, man, if these episodes were a little bit longer, they could... maybe they could squeeze in a Super Bowl or two. <laughs> I don't know. The last time a team went back to back in twenty years hadn't happened in twenty years. About the only time a team won twenty one games in a row. Skip that. Didn't even have it in there. And you know what? The, the last couple days, asterisk. I was thinking about even more so. Lawyer Malloy gone. Who was in the documentary and had that great story about the 0-1 Super Bowl yeah. in the lock or his uh, hotel room? Yep, didn't make the cut for the season, which most would argue was he was the central story. That was such. They a hate game their changer. coach. Yes. They lose thirty-one nothing. Then they come back thirty-one nothing. I also feel like if you're really trying to build on soap operas, which is what they are, and that's fine, and, and you're doing like a little bit less of game stuff. Lawyer Malloy to me was. The beginning of Bill's going to do anything with this yeah. roster. They that hate the their first coach. Guy. They hate their coach, and it ended up setting the table for so many other moves along the way. And you, they, you can never be surprised after the fact. Like when Richard Seymour got traded, I was surprised. Shouldn't have been. Right. When Logan Mankins got traded, I was surprised. Shouldn't have been. And then it got to the point where, we're like, all right, at this point, any nobody on the roster is is safe. But Lawyer Malloy was the first one. He was a great player. He was a fan favorite. But then they brought in Rodney Harrison, who was even better. Mm-hmm. And then they go and they win two Super Bowls. But, yeah, that was weird. Because much like you said, Spygate might have been sort of the beginning of Brady and Belichick kind of like and Kraft all kind of lumped together as far as, all right, whose side are you on? What, How are our relationship pulling apart? I also think to a certain degree the Lloyd Malloy one is too. He was so well liked by his teammates and, and the timing of it too. It's a business. These guys know it's a business. You're not going to be on the team with your friends your whole career. But it was like right before the season starts, and then the next thing you know, he's on the Bills. I think at that point, everybody had to look at it and be like, man, we won the Super Bowl two years ago. We just missed the playoffs, and now he's just, he's just cutting Lawyer Malloy. Like, they had to think about Bill a little bit differently then. I agree with you in these these thematic threads that we're kind of weaving throughout this whole dynasty thing. I think you can argue, certainly Drew Tom. Yeah. It was a potential breaking point, you know, divisive point that they came together. And then Lawyer Malloy is another divisive point until I do believe Tom Jackson sort of slapped them out of it. Yeah, and they were yeah, like, wait yeah. a minute. You don't tell them. You don't say we hate our coach. We'll decide if we hate right. our coach. You know what? We don't hate our coach <laughs> just to prove you <laughs> yeah. wrong. We kind of did, but now we don't. I think yeah. you could say from there on yeah. was a galvanization point. Yes. And then... I believe that in 2007 may have begun Spygate post that Super Bowl may Uh have begun. Wait a minute. Were you we we had your back. Do you always have our back? You don't seem to always have our back. I'm Tom Brady. You definitely didn't have my back when we get to deflate gate. So I do think they they should have had that in there. Plus, it just you're right. Lawyer Malloy has been interviewed. Did you not talk to him about it? He was on the thing. So I was like, yeah, as soon as you saw him pop up and he told that story that I'd never heard before. 
uh, during the 01 Super Bowl. You're like, all right, well, he's in, he's included. Rodney Harrison's included. Yeah. Have the two of them talk yeah. about it. And, and yeah, it was they, the dad, like, they, they took the little dip because yeah. it's 02. Then it's to start 03, like, Maybe they were just a one-off weird thing, and this is not going to be a good team for the long haul. I mean, so many things happened in 20 years, but I think Lawyer Malloy is one of the 10 biggest yeah. stories. And again, if you're like these themes that you're kind of weaving together yeah, of yeah. when they oh, rally the troops yeah, and yeah. when they started to divide, I think that would be part of it. But I also, I said this on another podcast last oh night. Oh my God, you're on a lot of podcasts? I, I try to be, you know, man of the people. People ask me to be on their podcast, oh. I say yes. I was on a podcast today as well. How do you like that? Which one? People are the uh, Shukri Rights podcast. Oh, oh really? that's what's up. Yeah, shout out my guy. I don't know when that's going to be posted, but I was on today, yeah. I don't know him. Well, he probably has never it's asked you to be on another podcast yeah. that's never asked me to be on. Mm. Screw him. Sad. Um, but I've written long feature stories and you get to the end and you're like, oh, I really wish I could put this quote in or I really wish I could put this little anecdote in. And you don't have the space. So maybe that's how this stuff happened. Now, but I would, I would argue, argue other stuff could be removed. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is it's I, I've enjoyed it. So overall, I'll give you the, the I, I like it. But if you're dead set on 10 40 minute episodes, which it's on Apple Plus, you could probably do whatever you want. Probably. This isn't like did they say no to 12 or, or did they say no to 45 minutes? There's no chance. There's no chance they said no. I mean, there is a chance. I really would be shocked. Um, In this day and age, I'm guessing Apple has bean counters that run numbers and say, listen, no one's going to watch if it's 11 or 12 episodes. No one watches past 40-something minutes. Like, Well, that's the same thing. We get that around here. I know. There's like quote-unquote podcast experts that tell you podcasts should be less than 40 minutes when... The mo- the all the most famous podcasts in the world are like three hours right. long. Yeah, so I don't I told you any pods I listen like to. Rogan, like all those guys, yeah. part of my take. Like those guys aren't doing forty minute episodes. So, no. but but somebody in the corporate office got that, and that's what they. Right. So maybe the Apple did say that, but there's been what I would consider like filler in these episodes, as short as they they are. I didn't need that guy who was like an undercover cop or whatever who was working security the day the Spygate happened. I didn't need him at all. I also don't need the Ernie Adams, Robin Glazer drives to work. Like, oh, the oh, reenactments? There's like a the random reenactments? There's a, like there's a stone. Oh, it's Ernie Adams in his car listening to fake sports fake. radio? Awful. There's been, do you know how many millions Cut of hours? <laughs> do you know how many hours of sports radio there's been? And there was sports radio. It existed in 2001. Yeah. You could have. You Some would pulled, say it was better back then. You, yeah, a lot of people would say that, but you could find plenty Ordway of audio forever. from them. Yeah, call Glenn. I'm sure he has some of the yes. tapes lying around. Going into the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame right? yeah. Put them in there. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I am enjoying it. Same. I have criticisms. I dislike Ernie Adams after this yeah. more than I did coming into this. He also makes Spygate out to be. A way bigger deal than I did. Yeah, he mobifies it. So I'll um, go to my I'll go to my grave with some of those stories. <laughs> you're gonna have to torture me to get the truth, and even then you won't. You're like I I, I was just asking you, Ernie. It's and part of the, the documentary. The, the producer guy asked me. He's like, okay, we'll just talk about it, see where it goes. And he's like, yeah, I'm just telling you. Like it was a funny back and forth, right? But like, I don't know. I think if he had just sort of said, hey. You know, everybody was kind of doing it, slash, you could see the signs on the other side. We were just lined up in the wrong spot. We got too greedy, and we got busted. I think we all move on with our lives. The fact that he's like, I'm going to be going to my grave with this, I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe this is a bigger advantage than I ever imagined. Maybe this is a big deal. I, don't know, I would but- always poo-poo Spygate. I was like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, now- I'm not a huge believer in it. And 
if you believe Robert and Bill to say we got a 1% maybe advantage out of it, then he calls him a That's schmuck. That's crazy. Yeah. Not but, the schmuck part, but like if he really thought it was 1%, I would guess he's ex- he's exaggerating. Now, some would argue that, that He's matters. lowering that a little bit. But yeah. some would argue that matters. 1%. That's what the casinos the do. Yeah, yeah. They just want a, a 1% advantage oh, and over yeah. the totality of time. It. Yeah. That 1%, if you gamble a billion dollars and yeah. we collect all the time at least 1%, we're always yeah. 1% up, well, we're making money. If what's, you're not cheating, you're not trying. What's worse? Thanks, Bobby the Brain Heat. <laughs> what's worse just between the two, uh, Eric Mangini being a rat or Bill Belichick using his cheating tactics against the guy that he did it with? Uh, I'm going to say Bill just because of the arrogance. Yeah, like, wait a week. Like, they sent a memo, they reminded <laughs> wait you week. again, yeah, just don't yeah. do it. Like, why? I know. Like, that's where it crossed a line. Because I don't know whether Mangini is a rat or if he's just doing business as business is being done. Was Belichick would I, do anything to win. Mangini was taught by Belichick to do anything to win. So he was doing what he thought to win on his home field. Now, I don't think he expected it to if Mangini, be national news the next day. If all right, well, I guess we'll never know the answer to this. But if Mangini filmed the Patriots the same way the Patriots filmed him, would Belichick have ratted him out? I don't no think way. So. I don't think so. Um, then, maybe not. Yeah, then. That's what I'm saying, then. Because they didn't need to. Right. He knew, he knew by that time. I mean, I was already talking about his team going undefeated, so Bill knew he had a good team. He knew he was above that, in my opinion. Yeah, they had a pretty good team that year. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and that, I'm, also, I thought they you must love some of that. I lo- no, you I were Josh it. McDaniels. Like, I was. This is going to be fun or Well, whatever. I was just, I was floored why Wes Welker wasn't involved, and apparently he is involved later is what I've heard. Oh, okay. But why they didn't include him in 07. They also didn't include Corey Dillon for 04, which was also a major turning point when they brought in Corey Dillon, but whatever. The 07 thing I thought could have been a snappier montage with more touchdowns in every final score because for the first like 12 weeks the scores were crazy yep and then they also skip over the fact that it got pretty tense at the end of the year including the uh obviously the Giants game the last week of the season yeah they didn't even address that really they didn't even they mention just that they the play. and it was three it was three point game like like they just showed the yeah. touchdown the second one they don't have like that it no, took I two would've... Yeah, they don't have anything with the Ravens game. They don't have even the idea that players retroactively believed they should have lost and it would have relieved some of the pressure. None of that. They don't have any of that. But those are the issues I have. Even going back to the AFC title game in Pittsburgh in 01, they make it a Drew show. It was a special team show. Oh, it's true. Drew was a bit player. Now, he came in for an injured Tom Brady and he threw one touchdown. You look at his stats, he was like 10 of 21. Like, he wasn't anything amazing. A blocked field goal that was then pitched for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown. That's why that was not. I don't even think they showed a clip of any of that. Never they mind didn't. talk about it or address it because they wanted it to be about Drew. Right. They were playing this storyline start to finish. It's Drew. It's Drew. It's Drew. Who's going to start? It's Drew. Well, is he bringing his special teams with him? Because you're going to hit those guys. <laughs> Turns out they did. And the defense. So yeah. I have also another uh, big picture theory question. Oh, this should be interesting. I don't care for that tone. A big theory. Or big, big picture, picture theory, theory question. question. All right. So. I was not aware. I learned something in this, and mm-hmm. not to brag, but I don't learn a ton in these because I was there. Yeah, of I knew course, most yeah, of it. Right. Um, of course. When Randy Moss says at the end of the Super Bowl 42, they're trailing, Brady looked at me, and even though we only needed a field goal, he said, when I look at you, cut back, and I'm coming to you. Yep. Chucking it deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then 
Side note, Moss seems to put it on him. It wasn't on you. Like, no it was way. deflected. No I actually chance. think it was a little underthrown. If Tom puts it out a little more, and maybe Moss you run under like, it. I got my hands on it. I'm yeah. like, Barely. I love that idea. Oh, it's a great, it's, it's what a receiver should say. But you want, even in slow mo, because that's the thing. In slow mo, almost everything looks like it should be caught. And it, even, even in yeah, that one, there were two guys uh, hitting him and no, it. No, At least no. one got his hand on the ball. No. Two guys are hitting him. No. But. Did Tom Brady get too far away from who he was and what made him in that moment? I know that season throwing deep to Moss and it chucking worked it quite a bit. was the yeah. way it worked. Yeah. But the first Super Bowl juxtaposition, dink and dunk your way down. When Drew said sling it, he threw a pass like two yards to, to J.R. Redmond. Then another one to like <laughs> the first seven. Yeah, yeah. To, to, the drive starter. Drive starter, J.R. Redmond. They were all yeah. sort of drive starters. The whole time. Um, Wiggy was in there. Yeah. If Steven Gostowski's not the kicker, if mm. Adam Vinatieri is still the kicker, is Tom more likely to dink and dunk his way into field goal range and just it. tie it with Adam Vinatieri the way he did in the snow, the uh, way they kicked field goals in the Super Bowls? So everything else is the same? Like regular season, he still throws 50 yep, touchdowns? Everything's the same, but Adam Vinatieri is still yeah. the kicker. Earlier in the game, we know that oh, yeah, Belichick Bill go turned for down a field goal. I know. Maybe he goes for it then if he has Vinatieri. Right. But in this situation, I wonder... It was it was there this feeling around the team? Yeah, we can't put Gustowski out there with the game on the line. Bill Probably. didn't do it. Tom didn't do it. Yeah. So yeah, well, Bill told them like how he so felt. it changes history. I think and it does a little bit. Also, but the drive prior was a lot of Brady to Moss. Yeah. And Welker, but Brady to Moss, and then Moss scores a touchdown. So I think because that was the most recent thing that they did. He's probably even got more confidence. But that it's the opposite happen. of Ernie from two thousand one, where Ernie yeah, says we're toast. I think Brady might say. Oh hell! I only need a couple passes. Adam will kick the field goal. We tie it. Yeah, they were the. We're Rams. starting to pick up steam here offensively. Yeah, yeah. Maybe their D lines running out of gas. Whatever the reason, I think that whole game could have played out differently if you still had a veteran kicker you trusted. I know, and that was just, that's another that's another Bill move. And the shirts go to Africa. Yeah, the sure. nineteen and zero. We'll never see them. They sure did. Let's go to John and Franklin. He joins us next year on the program. What's going on, John? Hey, guys. Um, so I want to talk about Elliot Wolf and, and what I want the Patriots to do here. I like the hiring of Wolf. I think that was, yeah, <laughs> Wolfpack in the house. Uh, yeah, I get the NWO reference. Nice. Right? Very, good. Very, very good. Very good. Yes, of course. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Elliot Wolf, like, I think this is the most important hire of the offseason, and it wasn't Mayo, and I don't even think it's close. Um, I like Wolf's pedigree and the kind of how he's been a football lifer kind of grown up under his dad, obviously, and been around the game and kind of worked his way up. Um, so I do have some faith in this guy. I'm being honest about that. Um, you know, Mayo, not so much, but we'll see what happens. Um, but here's what I want to talk about with the draft. I mean, I unequivocally want them to take a quarterback, and I don't want them to just settle on a quarterback because it's a quarterback. I'm hoping Jaden Daniels is there because he is kind of the modern-day dual-threat quarterback, and I want him to sit for a year in the ideal situation. Um, but here's what I really want to mention. And I want, I really would like both of your opinions on this. So all these Patriots people who are saying, Oh, draft Marvin Harrison. I think they're complete idiots because they're not in the position to draft Marvin Harrison. Number one, number two is I want you guys, this is what I really want your opinion on. I think wide receivers have gone the way of the running back and kind of been devalued around the league. And what I mean by that is, if you look at the top wide receivers in the league, just look at the stats from the past year, all the top guys, more than half of them are not first-round picks. They're second, third, fourth-round picks. You can find wide receivers all over the draft every year. And honestly, I think it's kind of crazy to take Marvin Harrison and when you can find wide, you know, 1,000-yard receivers 
all around the draft. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks, guys. Have all right. Day. Hey, John, first of all, great call, even though you called me an idiot in there because I do want Marvin Harrison. I think Marvin Harrison's next level. Uh, I think he it's like taking Calvin Johnson or Justin Jefferson, and I think you, you should do that. I'm not opposed to any of the quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so maybe part of it is – they, being Bill Belichick and whoever was helping him with these drafts, was so bad at drafting receivers that that's why I'm like, just take the sure thing receiver, take that guy, and he's going to help your your franchise for the next decade, hopefully. You do look up and down, and there's a lot of guys that weren't first-round picks at that position. Um, but do you think that's going to continue, or do you think it's going to go the other way where we were talking earlier how there might be three wide receivers taken in the first six picks this yeah. year in the NFL draft where teams now are going to go, we can't afford to wait to the second round because everyone's in on this and everyone needs the wide receivers. No, I still think there's depth. Okay. Uh, I think the modern game, I think the seven on seven in high school where Cam Newton's fighting people um, is that was crazy. Yeah, very much yep. so. Uh, badass though. There was like four guys <laughs> hanging on him and he's just like taking it. He's it looks like he was dude. in the Royal rumble and like the little guys are trying to gang up yeah. to throw him out of the ring. Uh-huh. Um, I agree with John. Like, I'm all in with John, uh, in part because of Jim Nagy talking about it. But this is the way the NFL works now. You can Puka Nakua, fifth round. I was looking at the, t- the top 12. Uh, Tank Dell. As far as just receiving yards, uh, only six of the top 12 were first-round picks. So 50-50. Yep. Absolutely 50-50. Yep. Is it 50-50 at quarterback? Uh, oh, good question. The top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. For passing yards? Well, I, I mean, I guess we need to. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't what know stats what the... you want to use? Well, I mean, even if you want to go to, like, all pros, I was doing, I forget about this year. Let me, let me look up the all pros, and I, I bet most of them weren't uh, first. Talk about receivers. I bet I bet it's more in your guys' camp than it is in mine to yes. say that they probably weren't Yes, all, and yeah. I do think that's going to continue. Uh, I think there's a premium on quarterback. I think the drop-off at quarterback is huge. Now, you could also argue, I do believe Marvin Harrison is in a different world. People keep comparing That's my him thing. to like Quentin Johnston or like there's always a t- uh, no, Henry not. Ruggs. I no, heard I think he's next Adam level. Bring up. Yeah. He is closer to um, Calvin Johnson or A.J. Green is one that was really well thought of coming out of Georgia. Yeah. Jamar Chase. Different, like a lock yeah, Jamar Chase. He is That's not, my point. I'm not just saying take the best receiver in this class. I'm saying take this specific receiver. Right. And over, there are yeah. going to be – I. I will 100% guarantee there are going to be bust receivers in the first round of this draft. 100% guarantee. That's a lock. And so, And there will continue to be second-day receivers, maybe even third-day receivers that are Pro Bowl caliber, that are 1,000-yard receivers. Right. The, uh, but St. you'll also Browns, see whoever. I, I feel like sometimes you'll see like eight receivers go in the second round, and if two of them are studs, everyone's like, so you can get them in the second round. It's like, well, what about those other six teams? Yeah, but it's also a volume position. It is. I mean, you can play. Like, mul- you can play four of them at a time, three or four or of them at a time. Colleges are. I mean, we've seen lately. I feel like this run of every year. There's multiple schools with multiple receivers that oh, are crazy. high prospects. I mean, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were teammates right. in college, but like Ohio say. State, LSU, Washington. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like there's all these places that. And Washington is not in the same world as LSU and Ohio no, State. No. And now they're pumping out multiple good receivers. Mm-hmm. So. Real quick, the all pros this year for receivers were Tyree Kill, who sort of a different one, but he was like a fifth round pick yeah. because he was a bad guy. Uh CeeDee Lamb, first round pick. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think was a fourth. Fourth, yep. AJ Brown, early second. Yep. Puka Nakua, fifth. fifth. 
Brandon Ayuk first round and Mike Evans first round. So what is that? Three of the seven right. were first round picks. Uh, quarterback was just Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. So that's 50-50. Well, but that's, yeah. <laughs> it's also only two. Only two. I, I think it's I, I think mean, Mahomes it's played and out and of late. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, and Elliott said it. First Starting quarterbacks them, are first round picks. They definitely are. Starting wide receivers are not well, only first round of, picks. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, I believe that is the subject of our Tweet Beef of the Week. Yes. Which comes your way next here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, W-E-E-I. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Yeah, this is this is a lot better, Stiz. This is right in my wheelhouse. About to run through a brick wall. Yeah. To the brim with these energy drinks. Ready to smash my head through a wall. And talk sports. And that's what we're doing here with you. 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keep Show with Andy Hart. And we like to get our tweet beef. Of the week, Hart, what is going on on Twitter? Are you feuding with somebody, or are you just witnessing a feud? I witnessed a feud that took place on my timeline, and it's all within not only the WEEI family, but within the Awaken 180 family. Is that right? So, we, as I told you, began our Six Rings Prospect Preview podcast yesterday. Chris Scheim, Mike Cadlick, and myself. Chris Bosch. Uh, not Chris Bosch, Chris Scheim, Chris Scheim. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Um, do you have any uh, ALCS? You can catch all the ALCS. Yes! ALCS. <laughs> ALCS, man, Chris Scheim. ALCS, Chris he was Scheim. on. And yeah, yeah. You know he is a passionate draft Nick. I love it. I love it about Me him. Too. He's got a strong opinion about every player in the draft, whether he's right or wrong. God bless him. He goes through it all. He cares about it. I love Having him on, we used to, I used to do the show with him for a few years, and now listening to him, he'll be a part of our draft show coming up yeah. uh, around 1, April 25th. So, yeah, yeah, I'm all in on that. Uh, so, as you know, the podcast world works through, in part, social media promotion. So, our guy Terp puts the video on Six Rings Pod. Yeah, it does uh, a good Twitter job. feed yep. does a great yep. job. Yep. So, I retweet that yep. with just a uh, a line about right or wrong, love shine time, and his strong opinions. I'm just going to be Chris Shine. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Apparently, Chris Shine yeah. in a box. Yeah, he was recording that from uh, a tunnel in somewhere. A large uh, fish tank. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing with that one, but. So, I just retweeted. Talk it. about diversifying your portfolio. <laughs> Wait, was that a read? It must have been. Yeah, Jesus. must have been. He's got a great Awaken 180 read going around right now. I heard on it. our station. Yeah, he nailed the hell out of it. He crushed it. Well done, yep. Chris yeah, Shine. Yeah. And he's nailing the hell out of as He's expected. Losing yeah, no doubt. Because it's foolproof, essentially. Yeah. Awaken 180. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enough with the Awaken 180 references. Sorry, I can't say it too many more times. <laughs> um, but immediately, Andy Gresh, your former partner. Yep. Also a former I remember that. Uh, we all work together. host on yeah. the show with Shime yep. says, love Chris, hate, quote, football Shime. Oh, no. So Shime immediately says, yeah, not enough pulling guards for Gresh in my breakdowns. Too much too high safeties. <laughs> so Gresh, now that now it's tete right, now, and I'm now, just watching. Now, now I'm, at, yep. I'm at Wimbledon and my neck is going yeah, left right. and my neck is going right and I'm going back and forth on Twitter. 
My favorite thing is, and you know me, I'm not one that usually gets in the weeds when it comes to Twitter, especially when it's somebody that you can just text. And these two could just text each other. Yeah, if they're, they're having really, fun with okay. it. They're playing characters on Twitter that's part-time radio characters. I don't think characters. it's characters. No, they live them. who they are. They believe is, them. Yes. But they are characters yeah. in a way. They're method actors to some degree. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Gresh said, just waiting for the elite talent of Trey Lance to show up and for Kyle Pitts to, quote, change the tight end position hmm. immediately. This back and forth was quick. I bet they're uh, just sitting there. Shime says, coming from the guy who said Mac Jones was going to be great. Oh, see, that's Top sort of a walk-off. Yeah, that I would have followed that up with the skull emoji. <laughs> nope. that, yeah. So Gresh immediately responds, sure, he went to the playoffs, then cratered. He at least did something while others salivate at what Justin Fields isn't. Still waiting for that Justin Fields winning season. And then Shime immediately. At least he'll have a job next season while Mac Jones is selling houses in Orlando. <laughs> That's a shot. At, that's unnecessary. Cheap Real estate agents make okay money. I bet they do. They especially do. if yeah. you're Orlando? a former, especially if you're a former NFL quarterback, yeah, you immediately have you yeah. recognition, like yeah. rubbing elbows. Yeah. Absolutely. You see that one show on Netflix where it's just like supermodels selling the Beverly houses? Hills one. What yeah. is that yeah. about? Selling, uh, selling Sunset, yeah. I believe. It's kind of crazy. Is it borderline porn? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's these two guys. They're twins. Want me to show you the bedroom. <laughs> they're two guys that they got to be like four ten, maybe four eleven height wise. What does that mean? I'm just describing them. Okay. And then they're surrounded they're surrounded by all these like supermodels so in their houses. Motorboat and level. <laughs> Pretty well <laughs> maybe lower. But anyway. So uh, yeah, so they're going back and forth. So now it's on to Mac Jones, then it's on to Sure, Justin sure. Fields, How's Tua doing, says Gresh. You have more misses than hits, man. This is easy. So now it's getting a little personal. It kind of is. A little, little hits. So Gresh keeping track of all the guys that Shime has liked Apparently. and disliked. But you know what I like about this? Shyam goes on the record every year with yes. players that he likes and doesn't like, and nobody's 100%. No. Bill Belichick, famously not 100%. No one Nobody is. is. Like, literally nobody is. Mel no Kuyper, you name it. So it went back and forth. Shyam started saying things, blah, blah, blah. Bryce Young, I nailed him last year. So, of course, Shyam's going to So now he has to hit. go find his hits. And you're right. Yeah. Like, we all have hits and misses. We all have, like, really good hits and really big misses along the way. But you got to at least play the game. Yeah. So, but my issue is... Why, why Gresh picking a fight with Shime during draft season? Like, yeah, we all sure. have opinions. Gresh is wrong a lot, too. I've listened to the show. I'm on the show. He's wrong a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, right. he, he, so I like to push no, but his so buttons. This is one, so if Shime really likes Drake May and he doesn't like Jaden Daniels, doesn't. then, all right, if you're Gresh or if you're anybody else, here's your opportunity to either agree or disagree. Right. Put yours out there. Yes. Put yours on Who do you line. like? Because it's easy to throw barbs from afar if you're yeah. not opining on the individual players. We put yeah. ourselves out there. Oh, I'll we are strong all and time. passionate. I've been on freezing cold takes before. All that's fine. Yeah. Like, but I'm talking Brag. in particular to the draft. Yeah. We do these podcasts. Yes. We rank them top to bottom. We say who we think the best is going to be, who we think a Patriot could be, who could be a steal. Right. We're putting it out there. We're wrong a lot. Yeah. We're right a lot. Yeah. Right a lot, wrong a lot. However you want to start that. If you want to fixate on the it's positive, yeah. we got it. That's what we would probably do to self-promote. If you want to fixate on the <laughs> negative to mock us, we'd probably try to avoid that, but it's available because we put it out there. So Gresh, yeah. I think, to be mm-hmm. fair, needs to put his QB rankings out there. I don't know if this is true, but uh, Charlie's, Charlie's in the chat says, Gresh still says Cole Strange was a good pick. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's true. Borderline got Bill fired. But either way, it's a good line. So I mean, Gresh is going down with the Belichickian ship. He hates the new age. He hates well, weapons. They got a whole new He's got to hate tomorrow. Weaponizing the offense. Oh, he's going to be pissed about that. He has to rip Elliot Wolf, Elliot Wolf a new one from Seekonk to yep. freaking Maine. Mm-hmm. Hi. 
I do think, like, I saw a quote today, uh, oh, we're trying to change the, you know, the culture of the too tough. Yeah. Like, what do you think? They want to be less hard. Nine Super Bowls? I I hate that narrative. I really do. Oh, Bill was too tough on you. Oh, you couldn't tweet during practice. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) Give me an absolute break. Deck Prescott. Excuse me? (laughs) I don't know. It's more shine stuff that I have in here. Yeah, you might want to watch that one. (laughs) Live. You do have a lot of shine in there. I would, yeah. All 58 those. cents per head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll end on that one. Uh, Elliot Wolf spoke today. Oh. Uh, Hart and I liked it. There was one line in there that I didn't like, but there were more lines in there that I did like. If you have any thoughts on the offseason for the Patriots and what the uh, still current director of scouting for the Patriots had to say today. We are all ears at 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keep Show with Andy Hart here on WEI.